10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Schultz. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Tuesday, December 5th, it's Cad here, Cad's with Hal. Uh, we didn't record on Sunday because I had a Christmas decorating contest in my office, so that one's on me, guys. Uh, getting into the festive spirit. Hal, how you doing, buddy? Fantastic. Oh, wow. What are, you, what are you cracking open there? Uh, uh, Santan Brewing Company Moon Juice. Moon Juice. Jesus, dude. Gross. All right, moving on. We're going to get hop right into it. We'll, we'll be quick. NHL in the news. Go. All right, guys. First topic in NHL in the news this week. Uh, Russia's been banned from the Olympics. Uh, because of the doping in the past or whatever, Russia's not allowed to participate in any sort of Olympics. We tweeted this out, and we have a Russian follower who is not too thrilled with that and came in with the ultimate spin zone, which is actually kind of accurate. He said, you are wrong. Russians are not banned from Olympics. They only cannot use their symbols, flags, anthem, and name Russia, but they will participate and win hockey tournament with the emoji with the sunglasses on. So essentially, the Olympic athletes are allowed to compete by the IOC, but under the designation Olympic athlete from Russia. So it wouldn't be like Russia's winning a gold medal. Um, what do you have on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fucking confusing. So, I mean, here's what I don't get. What's the, like, what's the fucking point of banning them if they can still go under Olympic athlete from Russia? I mean, if that's the name of their team, like, what are their jerseys just going to say that across the front? They're going to be white and black, like. I think I think their jerseys are just going to be like the Olympic rings on like a, a standard like uh, jersey that you buy off a hockey monkey. Well, then they shouldn't be able to play. That's bullshit. And actually, I'll be curious too to see because I think I saw somewhere that like they could like Russia now has the choice. They can either do this or like they're going to be like <laughs> let's boycott. Like fuck this. Yeah, and I saw that too. They said that uh, if you're on a KHL team, if they end up doing that, if you're on a KHL team, they're not going to let anybody who's playing in the uh, the KHL like abandon their contract, like they're going to play right through that break. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, fucking Russia is doing steroids and stuff, which is the least surprising news ever. I guess, if anything, it kind of jacks me up a little bit more. I mean, I'm not really that pumped up in particular for this Olympics, obviously, with like when we had Brian Gianna as the captain, like we previously talked about, and guys like Ryan Malone are fighting for a spot, and I saw Teddy Purcell, who couldn't make the Bruins, is fighting for a spot for a team Canada, which is like so sad. But I think it'll make it more interesting. Like, if somehow Russia can't get all these players in, then, like, the Scrub Olympics might be kind of fun to watch. And, and now that I just said that in my head, I totally want to take back everything I just said because I think it would be more fun if Russia brought their best possible team from the KHL and got stomped by some, like, C team from North America. <coughs> no, that would be good. I have a couple things here. Uh, 
First off, I feel I feel very bad for that sad fuck who had to tell Putin that they couldn't compete in the Olympics. Like, I wonder if that guy's still alive. Uh, secondly, man, like, I get it, but I, I also think it's hilarious because I think this is the moment Russia's been waiting for. They haven't won a gold medal in forever, and, like, this is the year that they should win gold because they'd be playing a bunch against, like, college kids and junior kids and shit like that. So I feel like Putin and the Russian boys are all sorts of fired up where they could get Kovalchuk and all those other Russian fucks in the Olympics. And now it's like, no, you can't. And I, I understand it's, like, stupid that they can still play or whatever, but, like, I don't think Russia is, like, happy or, like, thrilled that they can still compete. Like, I think they're still going to be really pissed off that they can't fly their colors because that's just how Russia is. When it comes to steroids, dude, I think it's a power move. That's just trying to compete and win. I have nothing wrong with that. I, I've said this time and time again. I wish all athletes could do steroids. You're trying to put out the best product on the ice. If that helps you out, it helps you out. But, uh... Overall, I think it's kind of hilarious because Russia just got dicked. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Do you agree or disagree with any of that? Yeah, Russia got dicked, dude. I think that's a good way to sum it up. All right, fair enough. <coughs> Moving on. Speaking of Russia, uh, Alex Ovechkin became the first player to score 20 goals this season and passed uh, Mark the Wrecking Ball Recce for number 20 on the league's all-time goal list, 578. Uh, he's 32 years old. I remember John Butchergross wrote this fucking dumb article about a year or two ago saying he has a chance to pass Gretzky's record. Gretzky has 894 goals, which means Ovechkin's 316 away. I did the math. He would have to score almost 40 goals a year until he's 40 years old to get to where Gretzky's at. Uh, any chance? Hal? Hello? Hal? Yes. Did you get any of that? Yes. Okay, what do you think? Shout out to the fucking Courtyard Marriott's shoddy Wi-Fi. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Like, when you look at it on paper, like, my initial thought when I first read that, it's like, yeah, you know what? That's, like, pretty doable if he has, like, a couple 50 and 60. How many goals does he have this year? He already has 20. How many games into the season? Are we, like, 30? Yeah, I mean, we just passed Thanksgiving break. So, I mean, I think he's maybe on pace for... I don't know, probably around 50 to 60. Okay, I think I would say if he puts up 60 goals in, for, like, the next three seasons, then I think it is absolutely doable. Uh, but overall, I don't know. I don't think anyone – I mean, I could be wrong. He has an unbelievable shot, and he seems to be an absolute <laughs> freak of fucking nature. But I don't think anybody can sustain that scoring streak or that level of dominance for that long. Like, when you're 40 years old, look at the 40-year-olds in the league now, like, Joe Thornton, like, is close to 40. He can still put up, like, 50, 60 points, like, at best. But, like, 30 goals, man, that's a lot to ask for from an older player. And I, I think, too, you top that off, I, I think a huge deciding factor is I think if Ovechkin wins a Stanley Cup, then he's jet to Russia by the time he's, like, 36. Ooh, I do that's think, not a bad point. I think, I think he would stay. I mean, I think he would stay if he doesn't win a Cup for a long time. But I, I generally think the dude seems to really love Russia and Putin and all that shit, so... If he wins a cup, I think he's gone. So I'm still going to go with, no, John Bouchagross, you are incorrect. Alex Ovechkin is not going to go on this 40-goal rampage for the next, like, nine years. Yeah, here's the thing. I thought Bouchagross was so dumb when he came out with that. And then when I looked at the stats, just like you, it's like, damn, like, I, I get it's it's not as impossible as I thought it was, I guess. Um, he plays a hard game, you know. I mean, there could be a lockout. There's injuries to come. He could do it, but also I don't think Ovechkin is going to do the Yager thing where he's going to play until he's, like, what, 50 years old? I just don't see that happening. Uh, 
I don't know. Regardless, I I just I'm fucking done with it. Uh, and it's it's cool. It is cool too. To like say he has 20 goals in 28 games right now, but like he has off years. Last year he had 33 goals. Like it's very possible. And this is like the prime of his career. He's already 32. So when he was 30 years old, he had 33 goals. I just don't see him surpassing that clip when he's 40 on a regular basis. So I'm still going with Matt. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, moving on, you mentioned Joe Thornton. Joe Thorne got in a fight with Tom Wilson this week. It was after a pretty brutal hit on TJ Oshie. They they talked to the Sharks coach, and he said it was bullshit that if they wanted to fight Joe Thorne, it should have been right then and there, not after like an intermission where he came out. I mean, Joe Thorne fighting Tom Wilson, there's a whole lot of age gap in between there, but Joe still dropped the gloves, and he got a couple punches, and he lost the fight, but... Uh, it was good to see. What do you what do you have on Joe Thorne? I don't know if you saw the hit. The hit was kind of shitty. Uh, what do you got there? Yeah, I mean the hit was shitty, but maybe I'm just a Joe Thorne fan, so like I'm seeing this with some fucking I don't know glasses on. That I he wasn't going that fast. He didn't really look that malicious. I mean, people are making the argument that like you couldn't see that Oshi was going to turn or not. I think that's kind of questionable. I think oh, I think Thornton like I've done it before where I see kind of guy going down and you just kind of try to finish him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't think it was that dirty of a hit. As for like if you're gonna fight him, fight him right there. I think that's fucking stupid. I think any time that a guy in, injures a guy on your team, I think clean or not, as dumb as that sounds, and people are like, you shouldn't have to fight if it's a clean hit. I mean, there's still things like you don't want guys running around even if it's clean. Like you want to protect your players. I think he has to answer the bell regardless. I don't I don't know if they've already played once, but I think you also have to factor in the fact that San Jose is a West Coast team. Like, Washington, San Jose play twice a year. You don't have that many opportunities to fight the guy. It's not like when the Rangers and Devils play. It's like we're going to see them three more fucking times this year. Like, we'll get this guy's number. So I think, I think the coach is wrong in that aspect. I think Joe Thornton at any time this year should be willing to fight against the Capitals. No, yeah, I agree with that. I thought that, I mean... It's funny, I, w- I was looking at clips today, and I saw this one clip of uh, Keith Kachuk and Adam Foote in the World Cup back in 96. Kachuk literally just taking a stick and, like, baseball batting Adam Foote. And then you, you see that hit by Thornton, and it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, if if that hit was, like, 10, 15 years ago, like, nothing would have even, like, come from it. It was still shitty. Um, I can kind of see why the coach would be a little bit pissed. Like, if you're going to fight him, why not fight him right then? You know what I mean? Like, why why wait during the intermission break to do so? But at the same time, like, coach, mind your fucking business. The boys will be boys. They'll handle, they'll handle it on the ice. Yeah. Oh, I know this is completely off topic, but I just want to say this because I thought this was, like, a hockey hit. Did you see that Juju Smith-Schuster fucking block last night? In oh, game? my God. What a hit, dude. Head down, dude. That, I thought that was textbook hockey. I mean, he went head-to-head. That was just, like, an open ice hit on the fucking block. A-plus little... Hockey, hockey, and football talk, right there. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think he would have been suspended if he didn't like stand over like his dead body afterwards. A plus on the tongue, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine if like Joe Thornton when he hit Oshi in that after Oshi went down, Joe Thornton just stood over him, like purposely got over him, was like taunting. If any NHL player taunted like that, like I'm pretty sure, fucking. Hockey Twitter would literally kill themselves. Yeah, and the, the funny thing is, is you and I would be completely on board with it. Yeah, unless it was against our team, that would be fucking salty. Exactly. Uh, 
This just came Monday night. Seattle City Council approved a $600 million renovation of the key arena. With a, reven- with a renovation deal in place, the NHL is expected to announce a franchise in Seattle in the coming months. What do you have for Seattle hockey? we got a blogger out there, uh, Dave. So, I mean, maybe bring bring some uh, hockey to his hometown. What, what do you got with uh, maybe a potential Seattle uh, hockey team? Yeah, I'm actually I'm all in on Seattle being the 32nd team in the NHL. Uh, a little biased here, NHL 18, shithole game, but uh, franchise mode, you can do a 30-second team, and I always expand out to Seattle, so it's a little bit of a... Mariners, dude. Battle. What? Mariners. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I like the idea because we've been expanding, or the NHL's been expanding to all these, like, deserts and tropical places. Like, Seattle is Pacific North, like... I think they've got a pretty good hockey culture there. It's not like it is on the East Coast, but they definitely have fans. They've supported a WHL team for years now that's done pretty well attendance-wise, and people seem to like it. There's a team in Spokane, too, which is a different part of Washington. So, I mean, it seems like they like hockey. It seems like a market that will do well. I mean, look at the CLC Hawks. They have, like, one of the best home advantages in football because their fans fucking remind you every day. So, if you have a good team in that town, then they support it. And I, w- I would be all for Seattle. I think it's a better option over Quebec City, like, I know it's a Canadian team, but like that's a small market. Back, so I, I think A plus in, in the rink. I don't know. Did you see the picture of the arena? It looks dope. Yeah, I don't know that's kind of really sick. Look like, but it looks fucking insane. So I would be all in on Seattle. What about you? I have a pro and a con. Uh, yeah. My pro is I just love how it's gonna piss off everybody that wants like Quebec so desperately. Like I, I love seeing people in pain and agony because something that they just completely don't control and really isn't that important, they're just going to cry about. So I like that. My con, if they start sporting like a seventh man flag, I'll lose my shit. That's my that's my only con with Seattle because they're such fucking weird fans there. I know they're loud, but like they're just kind of like annoying as shit. So, uh, I, I mean, I love hockey out west. Uh, out west, it seems like that's the kind of like farmer kind of country boys. I, I know Seattle may not be like that, but when I think western like hockey out there, like, that kind of makes me happy. So, Seattle, Vancouver, like geographically, it's a built-in rivalry too, which will be a good one. I think there's a lot of Canucks fans in Seattle, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. You know that now that we've talked about, it, I feel like Seattle kind of made more sense than Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas was just a ploy for the NHL to make money, where Seattle is actually like a legitimate hockey like area. Yeah, but I mean, looking back, I know it's only year one, but it seems like Las Vegas, it's uh, it's working out. It seems like all the other professional sports. Like organizations are now looking at putting a team in uh, Las Vegas, so it's kind of like fuck. The NHL actually did something first and did it well. So yeah, they will, they'll never get the credit though. Like an NBA team will go there, and then the, you'll just hear Stephen A. Smith and fucking Lavar Ball talk about it all the time. All right, uh, <laughs> last thing in NHL in the news: the NHL Road to the Winter Classic, Sabers Rangers. It's on. It's like the HBO twenty four seven kind of thing, except for there's one flaw. It's going to be on NBCSN. Uh, I'm going to give you my take. I think this is bullshit. One of, the, one of the main reasons why I watch this show is to hear Peter Laviolette talk about jam and just like swearing every once in a while and see John Tortorella just blow up and say fuck shit, cock balls every two seconds. Now it's just going to be a bunch of bleeps. It's going to be a bunch of like... It's, it's going to be TV for like 12-year-olds. And that's... I don't know. I'm not about that. What do you have on that? Yeah, I, th- I think the funniest part about all of this, I mean, is going to be just, you know that, like, they always try to make these things so fucking dramatic. They're going to try to act like, 
like this is such a big game for Buffalo yeah. and the city and the team and and this is their moment. Well, let, let, let me let me pause you really quick. Every single time there's a game in Buffalo, it is like that. I know, but it's just going to be glorified to the point where they're going to try to. They're not going to act like Buffalo is a dumpster fire. They're going to act like they're this young, up and coming team that has some bumps in the road, but they're going to get right back there. Phil Housley's going to be a great coach. It's like, dude, they suck. Like, why am I watching you guys? Like, I don't know. It just seems like such a waste to have Buffalo in this. I understand that they're such a huge market, and I respect Buffalo fans, even though I know you don't. I, it's just, I don't know. Like, I will I watch. Maybe, you know, like I, I, I I'm kind of curious to see the Rangers just because I don't know the Rangers. I don't know if they really have that many personalities, but like the Rangers always seem to be kind of behind closed doors, except for when they're fucking jumping out of pools on Instagram. So I think to see like a big franchise like that and kind of get a firsthand view, I'm sure they're gonna show you guys like Matt Zuccarello's like penthouse, and you're gonna everyone's gonna come all over their fucking computer screens, and then there's probably gonna be some segment on like. This is Henrik Lundqvist. Like, he's the coolest guy fucking ever. Yeah. And they're going to show him, like, finding a new suit and driving around in a sick fucking car. Low-key, and I know I'm totally ranting right now, my fa- one of my favorite, and I don't know why this sticks in my head. So when uh, Kadri and his dad, dude, because that was my favorite. Kadri and his dad, but do you remember? <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. Do you remember when Mary and Gabrick went, like, Christmas tree shopping? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Like, there was no chance that the cameras were there that Marion Gabbard was fucking going to the fucking Christmas tree farm yeah. in Manhattan and fucking lugging that thing through town. That was some funny shit. So, I mean, I think I'll still watch. I think all NHL fans should watch. But you're right. And I would be so salty if I was a Rangers fan because it's like, I just want to hear them, like, swear and be yeah, normal. Yeah, dude. And that's the thing. Like the Ra- I feel like the Rangers PR is probably so fucking happy about this because they, they love the cookie-cutter like we're the good boys kind of thing. They they don't show off personality ever. The only time you get personality is like when it's fucking Matt Zuccarello in between intermission and you know he's just goofing off. That's the only time you see any sort of emotion. Like I can't wait to hear Kevin Hayes talking his fake Boston accent and like Jimmy VC maybe like try to solve a Rubik's cube. It's I, I don't know. It's it's it is, it is what it is. Um, oh, I know this is stupid. I'm gonna get to Arizona in a minute, but. Derek Stepan, I don't know if this was a thing, so I went to... Did you have a fedora on, dude? No, but I'm out in Arizona, and I went to a Phoenix Coyotes game, and I'll get to it later. My heroes and zeros. Derek Stepan, I don't know if this happened last year, he's 100% bald. Yeah, we talked about this, dude. He he did it because now he's in Arizona, and, like, he can't really cover it up. Like, he he just fucking went for it. There is fucking nothing on that dude's head. Like, it is shining, and he went no bucket in warm-ups, too. I was like, oh, my God. Unreal. We're gonna miss Derek Stepan on that feature because he's a fucking wonderful person. I'm so happy I don't have to hear Derek Stepan go. Well, I thought we did a lot of good things during that fucking documentary. But all right, moving on. Well, I will say this. I was just thinking about this out loud. Our boy, we talked about a lot. Hopefully, they get some good fucking things with Robin Leonard. See if he's really a psychopath. Like, I want to see him. Like, I want to see him get a tattoo. What? I want to see Robin Leonard go to the tattoo parlor and get a tattoo. Yeah. Or just, like, Robin Leonard after he lets in, like, seven goals and gets yanked in the locker room. Like, that's stuff that you need to be uncensored, but it'll be interesting. You know what would be cool is if, like, that were to happen and went to commercial break and it comes back and, like, it's just a screen that says, like, uh, 
it's like one of those rating screens where it's like if there are children in the room, make sure like they're not in the room kind of thing. And then it just fucking opens up to Robin Leonard just like cutting himself. Yeah, just, just, yeah, just, yeah, that'd be perfect, amen. Uh, so we, we asked Twitter what, what they want to discuss this week, so we have a couple things right now. Uh, Tim Arellano asks, Dowdy and Carlson, uh, he wants us to talk about Dowdy and Carlson and their next contracts. Will they be the, with their current teams? If not, where? How much do you think they can get? Right now, P.K. Subban is the highest paid defenseman in the NHL. He's making $9 million a year. Uh, I think Carlson's going to get however much he wants. He came out and said he's he's not I, – I guess he's not really loyal to whatever team. He's just – he's going to get paid how much he thinks he's worth. I guess Ottawa talks about how their, like, GM doesn't, like, give in to shit like that. I don't think Carlson's going anywhere. Carlson's the face of Ottawa. They're going to pay him his money. I don't think they're that dumb not to. Uh, Drew Doughty, on the other hand, I don't know if he's going to get Carlson-type money, but I wouldn't doubt if Doughty went to Toronto. And can you imagine if Doughty went to Toronto, what that would fucking mean? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I was thinking, I'm right on board with you with Drew Doughty. I think, I don't know, man, it's weird. The reason, like, I could see him going, he's already won two cups with L.A. I mean, he has a pretty awesome setup there. He lives in Los Angeles. He's, like, the star defenseman. But I could always see him. He seems like the type of guy who might want to try to play for the Canadian market. I don't know if it's Toronto specifically. Uh, I mean, I would I would pay that dude a shit ton of money. I, I could see Drew Doughty leaving. Eric... Carlson, man, I don't know. His comments, his comments aren't that suspect, but like at the end of the day, there seems to be a real issue with like ownership and GMs when it comes to players and all like contracts and stuff that go on in Ottawa all the time. It's like a reoccurring theme. However, that shit ended with Alfredson a couple years ago. I just don't. I don't. I don't know if. I don't think he's gonna stay. I can't really put my money on why. When I look at Eric Carlson, maybe it's the way he plays. Maybe that he's a good-looking dude. He just seems to me like the type of guy who would really like to play in a warm weather environment where maybe there isn't that much pressure. I feel like Ottawa, while there really isn't that much pressure in Ottawa, you're still in the Canadian market, so you're on TSN all the fucking time and all that shit. Like The capital, I, dude. I mean, that dude, if Eric Carlson, I just think, I think he would be electric on a West Coast team, like a California team, like... Can you imagine if the Kings lost Dowdy and then they picked up Carlson because that's something they would fucking do? I think I, I think I could see Carl if he's going West Coast. I can see him being on the Anaheim Ducks. He he would be yeah. he would fit oh, in sure. fucking perfect in Anaheim. I, the problem the problem with that though is I can honestly see Eric Carlson someone paying him ten million dollars. I no would. Problem. You wouldn't. He's the it's best defenseman in the game, and he's not that old. And he doesn't play a style. I mean, he's gotten hurt before, but he doesn't play that style that he puts himself in position. I mean, they've been freak shit. Yeah, but the the thing, the issue I have is right now he looks great. I mean, how's he going to adapt when he gets older? He could absolutely still be phenomenal, and he could turn into, like, a Brian Leach or, like, maybe a Nick Lindstrom where he has to play a much more, like, relaxed game as he gets older. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he, when he starts to lose a step or two, how he progresses with his career. I, I, I don't really have any like, thoughts on it. I just think it's kind of up in the air. When you play that fast, like, at such a high speed, if he loses that speed, does he lose who he is? That's a good point. I mean, I I don't know, man. His vision's so good. He's so talented defensively, and like there, I mean, there's times where he doesn't. You don't really see him skate that hard, and he's still skating by people like it's nothing. I, I don't think I don't think speed's really going to be a factor too much with his game. I think he's just a polished fucking player. And he knows exactly what to do. 
right, agree to disagree, bud. All right, moving on. I'm not even going to talk about this one, but shipping up to Causeway wants you to talk about Charlie McAvoy and his league-leading time on ice. Yeah, I mean, he's fucking awesome, dude. I don't, like, there's nothing, like, I don't want to say too much because I know exactly what's about to happen is, like, Boston fans are jizzing their pants, like, constantly over Charlie McAvoy, and everyone else is going to get really sick of it really fucking quick. I mean, the kid's awesome. He just... Big games, big moments. We're down by a goal. It's overtime. I mean, it's the playoffs. When you need a guy, dude, he's always fucking there. Shootouts, whatever. Guy is fucking clutch. Carries the team on his back. Goddamn, Charlie McAvoy sounds like he's Tom Brady, bud. No, I mean, I honestly think he's going to be like the next Drew Doughty. It's good to be a Bruins fan. We went from Ray Bork to Zdeno Charo to Charlie McAvoy. Always having that stud defenseman. I mean, the thing is, though, and like, I think he's been unbelievable, and I think he should be a favorite for the caller this year, and the amount of minutes he's putting up is awesome. He gets caught like once or twice a game pretty bad. Like, I, he, he was the reason for a goal last night uh, against the Predators where the Bruins kind of shit the bed. He's still flawed, but he's young. So dude, I mean, as much okay. as much as this is gonna fucking kill me to say, dude, he's a rookie. Like that shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Like fucking oh, like like year four, year five. The kid's yeah, gonna no. be playing thirty minutes a night, and he's just it's it's not fair. The I thing, know, my like, question for you is: McAvoy like an offensive defenseman? Is he a guy that you want the puck on the stick, or is he like a shutdown guy? Is he like a, or is he like a Ryan McDonough and he like does both? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd kind of put him like a Ryan McDonough. Just he, basically, whenever he gets the puck and it's like a breakout, and the other team's forechecking, we get out of the zone no matter what. You know what I mean? Like that's great his first pass. As he can, not even first pass it. I mean, he can fucking skate it out. I wouldn't really call him an offensive defenseman, but sometimes I don't know. I get he's like a hybrid, like McDonough, because sometimes we'll literally you'll literally be watching the play and you'll be like, "Holy shit, why is Charlie McAvoy behind the net right now in the offensive zone?" Like <laughs> we're just like juggling the puck and he's behind the net. But I mean, yeah, and I agree, dude. My point wasn't that like like he's a. I understand he's a rookie. I'm just saying Bruins fans are acting like he is literally God right now, like. I think the dude is still going to have some flaws as he gets older, just like Eric Carlson did when Eric Carlson wasn't that great at defense. I think it's going to take some time to build up for him to be this star. But yeah, I'm fucking jacked up about him. I would dead, ass, I would dead ass, dead ass. I would give that guy like seven years, like for eight mil, like first contract, no questions asked. Um, is he? You've never had a Boston Bruins jersey. Is is he potentially the first Boston Bruins jersey that you'd buy? Because the last time you asked me about a Boston Bruins jersey, you were going to get a Matt Bolesky jersey, and I don't think that really no, panned out too well. No, I mean Bruins just resigned Noel Chari to a two year deal. So I'm, if anything, I'm going fifty five Noel Chari. Oh but my I, God. I, I I have a hard time. <laughs> you know what, dude? I think you're one of the guys that thinks it's too cool to like own like a sweater that everybody else wears. No, it's not that, dude. I, I think I'm just too insecure with myself and how big of a loser I am that wearing a 19-year-old's jersey makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, fair enough. All right. Like, um, think about that, dude. Like, when I thought I was at the peak of my hockey career, that kid was in, like, fucking mites, and now he's, like, a stud in the NHL, and I, like, fucking grind out 9 to 5 in the office. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Andrew Piggott wants to know the pros and cons of playing in a stadium series or winter classic game. Pros, I guess good PR. You get to play outside, which is sick. I mean, as an actual player, are there any cons about playing in, in these games? Because I can't really think of any. I, I bet it, like, I hate how many there are now, but if you're a player, dude, I feel like that's something that, like, you get fucking torqued about. Right? I think I think sometimes the ice fucking sucks. 
And I think as a goalie, you know how, like, sometimes you're a goalie and you're facing the fucking way that the sun's setting? Like, that's fucked. Yeah. Like, as a goalie, like, I would not want to be in that situation. You got, like, you're going to have... Shadows, dude. Can you imagine if, like, Buchnevitz had the puck at, like, the hash and he was about to, like, rip a fucking, I don't know what he does, a snapshot or something? Like, you're not going to see that puck in the fucking sun. Like, your guess is as good as mine. So, I think that's tough. Yeah, it's all about publicity, man. Like, I'm sure the players like it. I'm kind of over it. It feels a little gimmicky sometimes, and, like, that's why, like, I don't know. I, I, We've talked about this before, but USA-Canada coming up with the outdoor game, like... Oh, that's going to be sick. I forgot about that. It's going to be cool, but at the same time, like, I feel like that's the one hockey game this year, like, in the regular season that, like, does not need that extra pizzazz, like... I would be totally fine with just a rink going fucking bananas at that game. Because it is. It's in Buffalo. It's going to be half Canada, half USA. It's probably going to be more Canada than USA because we suck. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing, man. I think in the NHL when they play the Winter Classic, right, I think it's always dialed back when it comes to intense, not intensity with the puck, but just like intensity being hard on the puck. I don't think guys go as hard. I don't think guys hit as hard. I don't think they play that hard. I think these World Junior kids are going to be fucking so excited flying. I, I think it's going to be chippy. For the first time, I think we're going to see an outdoor game that's actually fucking, like, grit. And that's that's something that gets me pumped up. Yeah, and the other thing, I, I tweeted out the photo off our account of, like, Casey Middlestat eating the chicken wings. Yeah. Dude, that kid has to be so torqued up right now. If he, if he kills it in World Juniors, he's literally going to become Buffalo's. Like, he's going to, like, be right there with Jack Eichel. Do you know what I mean? That kid's sick. The Rangers could have had him. I'm not saying Lyle Anderson, I think, is still going to be a really good player. But, I mean, that kid is fucking nasty. And I would love – he's 18, so it's not really, like, his year. He's got a like, good I, edge to him, too. He scored a college goal the other night and went by the bench and just chirped the other bench. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah I did. So, I, I mean, if I'm that kid, dude, I mean, can you imagine if that kid scores, like, the game-winning goal outside in Buffalo, the World Juniors, like, against Canada? That's fucking huge. So, I would be – I think, if anything, the NHL, I'm kind of over it, and I've just talked myself into it. I mean, those, like, 18- and 19-year-old kids have to be so fucking jacked up. Yeah. yeah. Um, one really quick thing. You just brought up Elias Anderson. There's a lot of New York Rangers beat reporters, bloggers, that are saying that he's a bust already because he's not what? on the NHL team, and the fact that the Rangers sent him back to Sweden, that means that the Rangers think that they fucked up. Those guys need to go fucking kill themselves because, I mean, dude, it's he's never even fucking played an NHL game. And he's going to yeah, play no. an NHL game. Like, he's going to be in the NHL at some point. Stop fucking calling the kid a bust because the Rangers sent him back to Sweden to work on his skills. Like, I don't understand that at all. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, he has, thir- he has 13 points right now, it looks like, in uh, playing for Frondo. Like, I know there's that one kid who got drafted this year by, like, Vancouver, I think, like, fourth overall, who's, like, breaking records in the Swedish League. But so many guys play in, like, the Swedish League or leagues like that, and they don't put up that impressive points. And then they come over and they light it up. Pasternak was, like, a point every other game when he played in Sweden. So, like, looking at an 18-year-old's production in a grown league, especially, like, Sweden, I don't – I could be wrong on this, but, like, the Sw- Swedish League and the Finnish League, like, they don't put up a shit ton of points, it seems like. There's never guys that are putting up, like, 50 goals a year in those leagues. So, I, I don't know – Unless those beat reporters, which I know they're fucking not. This is something that drives me nuts. Unless they're at those games, like, how can they tell? Like, yeah. so, do, do you, does that drive, something, I'm like, fucking two, two things. Like, two things, share. two things. One, I think that it's more or less them calling the step on trade a bust because D'Angelo is playing the AHL and he has like two points this year and Lyle Sanderson's in Sweden. I think they're just throwing hitsy bits. Secondly, I think that's also hilarious because the Rangers had that Alexi Bears Golov guy that all of HF boards, all of the bloggers gave him, like, a fucking nickname, had him penciled in, 
And it's like, dude, you've literally never seen this fucking kid play. Have you been to Russia and watched this kid play? And guess what? He fucking sucks. He's a worse version of Mark Stahl, which I thought was hilarious. So you're right. Like, I mean, it's nice fucking getting informed about these prospects because you do want to know how they're doing. But at the same time, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because, like, these guys aren't there fucking watching them. And on top of that, most of the time they're fucking bloggers. So it's not like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm fucking awesome, but, like, we don't know everything that's fucking going on. You know what I mean? So that would be that. We got to move on because we're already fucking 30 minutes into this. No, fuck you. I I just wanted to add, like, I agree. That's, like, my biggest pet peeve in the world on message boards anywhere is when people act like a guy's a bust or doing well. It's like, you're not fucking there. Like, I know there's there's one website. It's, like, uh, OHL Scouting. They have guys. Like, if if it's a scout going to the games writing the blog, sure, feed me that. But if you're just looking at his fucking stat lines and reading the clippings, like, you know as much as me. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking, it's dumb. Um... This is just going to be, we're not really going to talk about it, but it's a did you know uh, that no hockey pucks are made in the United States. They're only, they're only made in four other countries and not a single one of them is in the United States. So if you don't know, now you know. Uh, and then our boy Seth from Arizona, who I was hoping that you were going to meet up with. I guess it just didn't work out. I'm not entirely sure, but he has a question for the episode. If we get to it, Seth, guess what? We're getting to it right now. Most annoying injury you've gotten while playing hockey. I have two. Um, I slid into a post one time and pinched like a nerve in my back. So every time I walked, I had a pain that went from my back all the way down my right ass cheek to like the heel of my leg. That was pretty brutal. And then also I lost a tooth. So now I'm going to look like a fucking idiot for the rest of my life. Those are my two. Yeah. I mean, probably the worst injury I ever occurred. I fucking, uh, stubbed your toe. I was, (laughs) I was 14 years old and I was in my basement fucking playing knee hockey by myself. Right. Just fucking ripping shots at the fucking wall, and I broke my big toe on the fucking, the fucking wall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, people can act like that's nothing, dude. I will tell you what, dude. I could not get my fucking foot out of my skate. That hurt so bad. I played, like, two games on it. We had, like, a back-to-back doubleheader that day or something like that. I, I took my fucking foot out, and my toe was the size of a fucking balloon. So, injured myself playing knee hockey. That was a rough go. I think any hockey player, too, I think the two biggest, like, fucking... Uh, re- that was such a joke that I just told that story. The two like biggest reoccurring themes of injuries that people always say are nagging. One's a groin, especially if you're. Oh, groins are the worst, dude. Groin is the worst. I, I get I get a groin injury once a year, probably, and it's one of those things where it, you can't fucking move. You get off the ice, you wait a week, you feel better. You're at home, you're kind of hanging out. You're like, I'm feeling it, and then you get on the ice a w- like that week. You take a stride, and it's fucked again. Like that's a, that's just an injury that you need to literally take like two or three weeks and not do a fucking thing. Yeah, and the the other one I was thinking of too. A lot of NHL players say it's the fucking worst is the high ankle sprain. Uh, I think that's like the same exact thing. It just takes for fucking ever to recover, and one minute it's good, the next you tweak it, and it just bothers you all season. You basically have to stop playing hockey for those two injuries to go away. So I think those two like. On a serious note, probably two words. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, guys. So we're going to introduce it. We have the Patty B hotline. Hey, Pat Valentine, tell us more about it. Hey, guys. This is the Pat Valentine hotline brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thank you, Pat. Your enthusiasm is uh, something that's really going to fucking carry over. Uh, thanks for the claps, Lee. So this is uh, Pat Valentine's call of this week. Hey, Morning Skate, Patty B. All right, I got a question for you. Growing up for going to different hockey rinks and other teams visiting your home place, what was your favorite hockey jersey out of any team? For me, it would be these Newburgh Polar Bears. They had a cool, like, um, 
vibe with the St. Louis Blues with their color scheme. Then the polar bear, I liked it. I thought it was very like winter-like according to hockey. That was my favorite one. I'll hang up listening to you guys later. All right. That's actually a pretty good question, Pat. I think this may be the best question you've had. Favorite hockey jersey that you've seen growing up? Uh, I'll take first first dabs at this. Uh, we played in a Messina tournament because we're upstate New York, and we played against this team, Seton Catholic. And it, it may – no, I think Vancouver probably had those jerseys. But they had, like, the dark blue with the teal that was very Vancouver-like, and that's not normally a style that you see in high school or even, like, youth hockey, at least when I used to play. So I thought those were fucking – those were pretty good. Uh, honorable mention, Southlands Falls Bulldogs. Yeah, and I know we both talked about, too, when we heard this voice, but we'll talk about favorite jerseys ever, Ottawa 67s. We both agree on that. Just the fucking Big stripes. Time. It's classic. People say those stripes are fucking out of style. It's like, that's bullshit. Those are great-looking jerseys. Uh, I'm not going to do jerseys that, like, I played growing up. I mean, bias, I could say you main. I just love the colors. But my favorite jerseys, and I don't really like the crest, but they have a version where it's just their school's name. I love fucking Providence. Just black and black black i think mm-hmm. i think just having a black setup black helmet black jersey black pads black you know socks i think that's fucking sick i think it's intimidating and growing up thinking about it there were not that many teams that did all black like yeah. if i played a youth hockey team and they're all black i'd be like what the fuck think about like iceland and mighty ducks too or any black the hawks dude teams. all all black jerseys are the fucking move i think and i i think it's so easy to just be like black helmet black jersey it all matches I, I'm I'm a fan of the all black look, nails. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a good one. Uh, Pat, thank you for calling in. Totally agree on the whole black setup too, because when you when you're playing a team with all black, you're just kind of like, oh Jesus Christ, this this is gonna hurt. Ooh, you know, I mean, Seattle won't do, it, but it'd be sick if they're oh the Kings, the Kings. I like the Kings jerseys. Mm-hmm. I don't really like their crest that much, but they're all black, and I fucking like that look. I mean. I mean just because of the Sonics, like I'm kind of assuming Seattle hockey jerseys are going to be green and yellow. Is that safe to say or not? I, I was thinking they're going to do the aqua look. Think about the Mariners and the Seahawks. I think that's kind of the movement over in Seattle is they got the ocean, the aquatic fucking theme going on. Dude, can, you, like, can, can you imagine if they copied Vancouver's jerseys just to like really make that rivalry even more like barbaric? That'd be kind of cool. You know what they should fuck? I wish they could do this if there was copywriting because it's the perfect town for doing it. Be the Seattle Whalers and bring old Whaler jerseys back. Oh, yeah. That would be dope. But I'm sure there's some copyright infringement there that they can't do. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Pat, for calling in. We are now going to move on to our Dominic Morris Heroes and Zeros. Dom, let's hear it. Hey, fans. This is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. Thank you, Dom. You're the man. Heroes and Zeros this week. I'll start off my hero. We talked about it last week, how I'm, I did an Adirondack Thunder uh, documentary kind of video, bringing, bringing you behind the scenes there. Actually really cool. You guys are going to have to check it out. But I got to interview Pierre-Luc Letourneau LeBlanc. He's a guy I played beer league hockey with, and then I show up to the game, and he's he's like playing in warm-ups. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but in the East Coast Hockey League, you can only dress 16 skaters, so you only dress 10 forwards. What? Yeah, very weird. Um, so he was out there after the game. I got to talk to him. I asked him, uh, you know, I played against you in beer league the other night. Now you're here. Does that mean I have a shot at the show? He said, yes. He said he, he liked my talent and, and my ability out there, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, uh, for real though, awesome guy to talk to. I asked him about spending 314 minutes in a penalty box, like watching the Titanic. That's pretty much the equivalent. 
probably more, and he like laughed about it. He's like, I never really thought of it that way. So he was fired up that he got to play another game of pro hockey because he's still around the area. So my hero of the week goes to PL3. Uh, quick question. What is, like, his jersey situation? Like, what do they put on the back of his jersey? Fucking everything? I think it's LeBlanc. Uh, LeBlanc. Oh, man, because that'd be sick if he had the whole name. I, I always fucking laugh when there's guys with, like, fucking 35 letters in their last name. Hyphen and up. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll go my hero of the week, sick of Bruins, because I'm a fucking homer loser. It's Dan O'Chara. Um, this is basically based off what we just talked about, Charlie McAvoy. Like, two or three years ago, I was starting to get pretty pissed off with Chara. I, I don't know if I was really pissed off. Like, I'll always appreciate the dude, and he's been such a good defenseman, and like, Bruins fans really don't realize how lucky we are to have him. Uh, when people talk about the Joe Thornton trade being a bust, it allowed us to sign Zanato Char, and that changed our franchise. So, I, my point that I'm trying to fucking get at while I'm fucking rambling is the dude last year played with 19-year-old Brandon Carlo, brought him up, did an unbelievable job, made Carlo a stud defensive defenseman his first year in the league, and now he's doing the same exact thing with Charlie McAvoy. When you, when you look at... Uh, you look at time on ice, regular strength, McAvoy's one. Chara's like fucking four on the list. Like, he's number four on the list for even time. I mean, the dude is unbelievable that he's still doing it at this age. He's obviously limited now. But, like, as a Bruins fan, like, what better guy in the NHL right now to be teaching, like, your young stud defenseman? Like, it's such, like, a it's it sucks. And I think his contract's up at the end of the year. It sucks he's not the same player and he's older. But, like, Bruins fans should be so fucking blessed that we still have this guy because I don't think Charlie McAvoy is looking as good as he is on the ice right now if Zdeno Chara is not his partner. I agree with you 100%. Also, I don't think Zdeno Chara looks as good on the ice without Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy either. I no, think, I think, a, couple, no, 100%. I think I, a couple years ago when you were like, God damn it, Chara, I don't think he was playing with the same type of kids that he's playing with now. And I think it's kind of a thing that they feed off of each other. Like He's really helping those guys develop, and at the same time, like Chara can kind of – you know, not relax, but you have somebody who can back you up and skate. So, dude, I just wanted to say, nice point, dude. That was very well articulated and thought out. No, and as a Bruins fan, I respect your opinion. No, and I think you also hit the nail on the head. I don't think there's a single defenseman in the NHL that I would want my young rookie fucking defenseman to play with other than that. Like, really think about it. Is, are there any, like, older, just wily vet defensemen like, the last one I can think of is Lidstrom. Besides that, yeah. like, maybe Chelios, which was, like, a while ago. Like, when who's, like, a still a stud defenseman at that age that's still doing that type of shit? I can't think of a fucking single player, man. I, I think if Pronger didn't get fucked up with all of his injuries, I think he would have been in the same boat, Oh, too. yeah, for sure. But, Definitely. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, man. Since Lindstrom, there hasn't been an old guy to do it like Char's doing it, so... No. All right. Well, <laughs> you guys just heard it for the first time ever. You and I completely like 100% agree on something. That's pretty weird. Uh, my zero of the week goes to Pierre Maguire. Before we did this podcast, I mean, the Rangers are still playing right now, but Sidney Crosby went off the ice with a uh, skate issue, and I counted half a dozen times that Pierre Maguire decided to tell the national audience that, uh, don't worry, Sidney Crosby is just in the locker room and it's an equipment issue and he's not hurt. Six times in a matter of, I mean, how long does it take to get your fucking skate sharpened? Not that yeah, long. Dude. So my, my zero of the week definitely goes. And it's funny. So so fucking Crosby goes locker room with, uh, with the equipment issue, right? Fucking uh, who's number four on the Penguins? It's not Colt. Schultz, right? Schultz or Dumoulin? I think it's two? I think it's Schultz. Uh, Rick Nash fell on his leg, and it looked pretty bad. And he went to the locker room because he's hurt, and Pierre's literally only talked about it once. Yeah, dude. 
I mean, you got to respect Pierre and his love for Crosby. I It almost is to the point where I think, like, the Penguins organization is probably, like, leaning over the glass to Pierre being like, tell, him he's not, tell them he's not injured. He's not injured. He's not fucking injured. Like, I couldn't believe it. It was every two seconds. My, my dad and I just looked at each other. We're like, what the, what the fuck's going on right now? Dude, NHL trainers or equipment managers, they're fucking mint, dude. Those guys are so good. When I watch them, like, fucking grind, they're just, like, like – I think the most underappreciated job in the world, and I fucking hate this sport, is NASCAR pit guys. When I watch those guys fucking rev those cars up, change the tires, and get them fucking right back out there and slap each other's asses in like six seconds, I'm like, God damn, that's impressive. And I, I think NHL equipment guys are right in that same boat. If, if Sidney Crosby needs like new skates or some shit like that, it does not take Sidney Crosby 10 to 15 minutes to get new fucking skates. No, completely agree. Shout out to NASCAR. Uh, I always watch the Daytona 500. For some reason, I'm always incredibly hungover. So it just kind of brings me back to life. Like I literally just watched five hours of guys driving in circles while I'm just like nursing myself. So, Big. dude, is Dale is Dale Junior retired? Uh, I think he's. I think he just did. Yeah, he just did, or he's doing so. I don't follow it that great. Ever since my boy Jeff Gordon left and Dale Earnhardt died, I've kind of like been out of the game, dude. Yeah. I Wait, hold on, hold on. Insert sergeant up and over now. <laughs> All right, cool. Um. Yeah. So. I mean, my NASCAR, my zero of the week. I'm just going to kind of talk about my experiences. The Arizona Coyotes. Like, God damn. Like I said, I'm <laughs> yeah, out of tell me, Tell me more about the atmosphere of going to an Arizona Coyotes game. I'm going to give you a little quick rundown. So first first thing, I, I was feeling pretty high about the Coyotes because uh, I went to a bar like the second night I got out here, and the bartender, she was telling me about how like the rink Austin Matthews grew up from was 10 minutes down the road and all her kids play hockey. And, like, people in Arizona really love hockey. I was like, oh, shit. Like, Did you go check cool. it out, dude? No, I'm going to, though, because it's Yeah, right before you leave, there. you should definitely see – because I bet they have, like, a shrine for him there. Yeah, we'll get a photo up of that. But either that or it's just a shithole. But she was hyping it up pretty big. I was like, you know what? Maybe the expansion really did work. So I go Devils, Devils, Coyotes. It's a Saturday night. I fucking – ten row – or eight rows up from the ice, 40 bucks, which is fucking ridiculous. I get there, and I get in, and it's fucking like middle school choir night. So basically, the rink was half. Stop the rink it. was half full. I kid you not, half full. And a third of the kid people that were there were kids in local choirs that got free tickets. And at intermission, the choir sang fucking Christmas carols, and it was so bad. Like when the noise meter went off, it sounded like you were at a One Direction concert. Just little girls and boys screaming at the top of their lungs. No atmosphere. Um, and to top it off, dude, and this is, like, when I knew, like, Arizona's in some deep shit. So, you know how, like, sometimes they'll do, like, a, like a trivia question at a game? I know you did one at the Thunder to, like, kind of, like, yeah. get the fans involved. And it came up. I was like, all right, fans, time for the trivia game. I was like, all right, this will be kind of sick. I'm a loser. Like, I'm into this shit. And it was, like, the question came up. It was, like, which current Arizona uh, Coyote scored his first career goal against the New Jersey Devils on, like, February something, 2011. And I was like, oh, shit, like, that's a hard question. That's going to be sick. So it gives three choices. Choice A was Luke Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Choice B, choice B was Wayne Gretzky. And choice D was Zach Ronaldo. And I was like, damn. And there was people at this game, Ted, and I kid you not, they were going, B, Wayne Gretzky, B. Oh, my God. I was like. Are you kidding me? That was the trivia question. The lady got it right. She got Papa John's for the whole row. So, I mean, the row was jacked up. But 
I mean, overall, it was pretty sad. Zach Ronaldo's in the <laughs> NHL, which is a fucking mind fuck. Dude, tell me that's something that you want to have seen in, like, the Albany Devils last year. Yeah, dude. It, it was so weird because I was jacked up to go to an NHL game. It just, it was, like, my sixth NHL rink I think I've been to. It didn't feel like an NHL game. And, like, outside, it's cool. There's a cool little setup there, and it's right near where the uh, Arizona Cardinals play. And, it, like, it looks sick. And you go into the rink, and it's just kind of, like, Damn, this is depressing. And then the next day I went into work and the people at the local office for the company I work at, like, what'd you do over the weekend? And I was like, I went to a Coyotes game and I thought they were all going to be like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's a good time. They're all like, oh, like, I've never been there before. <laughs> and you know what sucks, dude? Do you remember a couple years ago when they were in the playoffs and, like, Keith Yandel was on the team with Shane Doan and they had the whiteout and the, every time they would score a goal, those, dude, it was fucking packed. And it was like, holy shit, dude, that looks like a sick fucking place to be. How the mighty have fallen, dude. Dude, and I think, I think too, now that you say that and I think about it, and I'm not going to shit on, like, South Coast teams. And sorry to Seth, our boy. Like, I still kind of like the Coyotes. I have, like, a soft spot for them in a really weird way now. I, like, I think those games get so loud in the playoffs because, like, fringe fans just get so jacked up when they see a goal. Like, they don't understand. Maybe that goal is not that important. It's, like, the end of the world to them. Like, I will, I will say this. Uh Teetering on the Stahl brothers, I got to see history in the making. Uh, the Strom brother for the Arizona Coyotes scored his first goal. It was the fifth goal in a 5 nothing game. I was there for that. <laughs> where, where were you when the fucking eighth Strom brother scored his first career goal? I was actually walking up the stairs to leave five minutes early. <laughs> but uh, Which I never do. I never leave games early. But yeah, where were you? I was fucking mad. He got a standing O from about 300 fans. It was a really emotional moment. So, shout out to the Strom brothers. They suck. That was a pretty interesting here on Zero segment that we had going right there. All right, and then lastly, let's get into our three stars of the week. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, guys, so my Zero of the Week was Pierre Maguire. So, we kind of got to thinking, who would be the three current X or just analyst type people that you would want in between the benches of an NHL uh, hockey game on NBC Sports. My first one goes to Jeremy Roenick. I picked Jeremy Roenick because that guy's confused in a booth with zero pressure. I cannot imagine what he would be like in between the benches. Not only that, I remember I think it was the year he retired or the year before he retired, USA came out and Chris Jury made the team. And he went to the fucking press and he said it was like embarrassing that Chris Drew was on the team and how he wasn't selected. So I can't even, he would, he would probably be like wanting to jump over to get on the ice. Like he would have not a clue what the fuck was going on. So Jeremy Roenick, third star. Yeah, I, I picked, uh, that's a good one. My third star, I was just thinking of random players. Brendan Witt came through my head. Oh, wow. I was just looking for an old time, you know, 90s defensive defense, and I came up with Ed Jovanoski, Jovo, uh, Florida Panthers legend. I know you love him. Yes. I don't know. The guy always just, he had a sick goatee. I always kind of looked like he was hung over. I think, I think NHL always does one of two things. They either have Pierre in between the glass, or they, they go one of two ways. They either have an enforcer, or they have a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think Jovanoski kind of brings, a, a guy like Jovanoski <coughs> brings the best of both worlds, or he's really not that well known. But, like, he can give you good insight, but he's also kind of fucking tough as shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think just finding more guys like that that maybe weren't superstars, but at the same time weren't fucking grinders and getting them in front of the camera would be good. No, I like you said, I'm a huge Jovo guy, dude, through and through. I love that guy. Um, my second star, 
goes to Rusty Feds, Ruslan Fedotanko. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but growing up, he uh, he played junior. He's clearly not from America, so he played junior over here, and he ended up uh, stealing his billet parent's wife and the kids, so that's who he's currently married to. Every once in a while, you see a girl behind the glass with just, like, you ever notice that if they, they go to the coaches, like, probably 50% of the time, there's always some, like, smoking hot chick with, like, huge boobs. Yeah. Like, Ruslan Fedotanka would be all over that shit. They'd be like, Ruslan, what do you think? And he would just be over there trying to wheel that girl. So, my second one would be Ruslan Fedotanka. Dude, oh, that brings up a good point, just with, like, the girls behind the bench. So, this is huge props. Nico Hishier, uh first overall pick in last year's draft. Pretty good player. I like him a lot, actually. Swiss. Uh, so, he there's this girl in warm-ups from the Arizona Coyotes fan. She had all this stuff on. She had a sign that said, Nico, he's here. I came here just to get a puck from you. Will you give me one? And I, I, I literally watched it the whole time. I was so enthralled with it. And at one point, there was about two minutes left in warm-ups. And he skates over and he reads the sign. I'm thinking to myself, like, this is it. This is the moment. And then he just does a hard C-cut and gets the fuck out of <laughs> No puck, no puck, nothing. I mean, like, if she was in the Devils jersey, also, she was, like, 19 years old. Like, if if it was a little kid or, like, maybe someone in a Devils jersey, it's different. But I respected that move, not just giving it to any damn old side. Do you agree or disagree? I, I No puck luck for that girl. I think it's funny because you know damn well that girl was probably like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. Oh, my God, he's going to do it. And then he was yeah. just like, nah, I'm all set. No, thanks, I'm full. Yeah, so my, that's just a shout-out. My second star, uh, Sergei Zuba. Kind of what random name, but I was just thinking Sergei Zuboff is pretty well known. If there's one fact that I love about him, he was like the last NH guy in the NHL that was known to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. So I just think I if we could have Sergei Zuboff hacking darts in between the glass and just in his Russian accent, just fucking acting all pissed off, I think that would be A plus commentary. Really, I just put him in there because I want to see someone smoke darts in between the glass. It's not bad. I don't think he can speak English. Maybe he can. I don't know much about him, but uh, Rangers former Rangers defenseman. So I'm about that. Did he win the cup? I think he did. I'm not positive, but I think he did. Alright, who's your first star, bud? My first star, I was going to go with Marty Turco. Just because there's a video of Marty Turco like just like pretty much shitting on fucking uh, Pierre. But the more I thought about it, and I know there are competition, I don't think there'd be anybody better I'd want in between the glass than Ryan Whitney. Uh, that guy is so fucking funny. He, he knows all the players right now. And it, like they, they'd be like, all right, back to Whitney. And Whitney would probably be either like chirping somebody, talking about like how Sidney Crosby got in millions. Like, I think Ryan Whitney in between the glass. And not only is he my first star, I think it's like something that actually potentially could happen. Yeah, for sure. He needs to be on uh, NHL Network more because it's always fun when he's on there. Honorable um, mention, I would love to see Mike Commodore in between the benches of a game that Mike Babcock coached because that'd be also pretty funny. Yeah. Con- Commodore, what do you think? The fucking Leafs suck. Fuck you, Babcock. Like, that'd be pretty fucking good. That would be great. I Just to circle back really quick, I looked it up. Zuboff didn't win the cup with the Rangers. Listen to these stats the year he won the cup. I think this he played insane. with Leach. I think he was Leach's partner. He had 89 points. He had 77 assists the year they won the cup, and he had 19 points in 22 playoff games. That's fucking ridiculous. The Kermit Salfi of the 94 Rangers team, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my first star, it's kind of like a... Fan favorite, not really. Don Cherry. Oh, uh, I just think I'd kill like, myself, dude. Dude, I I would do it just because of how much people would complain one and how funny it would fucking be just hearing him mumbling and <laughs> screaming and bumbling and talking about Canadian good old hockey players in between the glass. I think one thing I'm jealous of is like I don't watch a ton of college basketball, 
But when I do, whenever it's like, I don't know if he still does it, Dick Vitale's like fucking out of his mind. <laughs> oh my screen. god. I used but, to have a video game where like Vitale was like one of the guys who was in it. He'd be like, Slam Jam Bam, up and away, the elevator man, we love it. And he would just like, yeah. I can you imagine Dick Vitale in like the studio like doing that? Can you imagine being the guy recording it, just being like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah, and then like, yeah, he's fucking nuts, and they have Bill Walton too, who's like high all the time. And then you look at like that's what hockey needs. At, hockey needs like a Bill Walton guy. Yeah, that's my point, dude. It's like you look at uh, college football; they had Lou Holtz who could barely speak, and then they have fucking Lee Corso who's also like out of his mind at this point in his life. Like, I think the American hockey market is missing a crazy old man, not yeah. like Milbury. I'm talking like an eighty plus year old man, and like a fun now. guy. I don't yeah. like Cherry, but, like, I know what you're talking about. Like, a fun guy that people are like, oh, like, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Lee Corso. Yeah. Like, fucking Bill Walton the other day went on, like, a two-minute rant about bridges during the middle of the broadcast. Like, I need that shit in my life. So, any senile old man, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Those those are some pretty good stars, dude. Yeah, we did a good job. All right, um, so thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate it. We'll be back on Sunday. Normally, do Sundays this week was just rough for us, so be sure to tune in and like keep telling your friends about us. We really appreciate it. Uh, friend of the program, Noah Whiteside, recently told us he was in Brooklyn. And he met some guys and told them he was from Saratoga, and they're like, oh, the morning skate. So if those guys are listening, what's up? Appreciate it. Um, yeah, anything else, Hal? No, dude, just have a, have a good week, everybody. I think it's a good time. You know what? People hate winter. Hockey's starting to heat up. Like, mm-hmm. December, like, every game's starting to count. We got World Juniors. I mean, the Olympics are going to be on. Like, it's a great fucking time to be a hockey fan. So enjoy it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, all right, guys, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner. Watch these goals, folks. Now, all right, this one. If you haven't seen this one, watch this here one. This is a leaf coming. Boom, 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 boom. Is that pretty nice or what? And nice also, uh, Vertan and McCann, Don, we didn't get a chance to show. Isn't that something? Well, look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Watch this. So the kids for both those franchises. I saw him play for Don Mills, and I said he was the smartest guy in the league at the time. He's a little small, but he'd do good. All right, come on. Excellent. The Magician. I'm Mitch Marner. I grew up in Vaughan, Ontario. Thank you. And let's get, listen, guys, let's give a thumbs up as we leave, all right? You ready? Thumbs up. Right on the money.